We hope you enjoy this message from Church on the Lake by Pastor Mike Cooper. God is so faithful and so glad that you are all in God's house on this day after Christmas. I know a lot of people are out of town, a lot of people are in different places, but I'm glad that you're here today. And as the service went on, I just kept saying, first of all, let me back up. At some point during the pre-service prayer time, I knew that I would need to pray um, for those that are sick right now. There's several that have COVID that need a touch from the Lord, and we've mentioned Judy uh, several times, uh, both by email and publicly. Um, Judy, I hope you're watching right now. She was hoping to be able to uh, watch the service this morning from the hospital in intensive care, and she's doing better, and we praise God for that. She's been improving this past week, and where most of my information was coming from her sister Jan, uh, for the last three days, I've been able to communicate directly with Judy, and she's getting more and more uh, hopeful and, and the touch of God in her life, and I just believe God's going to raise her up and touch her in a powerful way. However, there are others that are getting tested for COVID. There are others that um, uh, Gay mentioned her son Marcus and, and, and uh, Jay this morning having you know, been sick and, and concerned that there's some congestion in their chest. Others are self-quarantined. There are several families that aren't here today because they were um, you know, inadvertently by someone were at work that was sick, and, and so they're staying home to protect others. There's just so much. And so at some point before the service started, I knew that I would be praying before I started to preach this morning, and I had mentioned that to Gay when she told me about Marcus and Jay. And, and then I just was really listening. You know, when you're in the house of God, it's important to have your antenna up. And listen. And what Liz was saying, what Jamie was saying, what Marsha was saying, I started hearing something deep in my spirit dependence. Dependence. And I'm going to just do a rewind for us for a moment because as Americans, we like to be independent. Right? And rightfully so. We believe in independence. And a lot of this battle over this last couple of years has been about our independence. All the things that have come down. But I want you to see something, and this is what was running through my movie screen while I was listening to this word dependence. If you remember back in March of 2020, our leaders, our government said, we're all going to go to our homes and we're going to self-quarantine for 14 days. We want everything to shut down. And in 14 days, we'll all be back to normal. That was basically what we were told in March. So as a church, we honored that. We, we closed the church down for a couple of weeks. We all stayed home for a couple of weeks. And we depended on ourselves. We're going to fix this. 
end after a couple of weeks. The, the virus kept spreading. And so then the next fix was several months down the road. Um, now we're all going to wear masks everywhere we go. And isn't it funny that once they told us to do that, that the virus rate went up. And I, I, I'm not trying to be political here or I'm just, I I'm, I'm, want you to hear this word dependent. We must be dependent on God. So like many, I thought two weeks, this thing, it'll be like Harvey and in two weeks we'll be past it and everything will be gone. It wasn't. And then everywhere we went, you know, there was these signs on the wall put a mask on, you can't come in here. And, and so the mask was our dependence and, and all of the local leaders became uh, tyrants and they began to tell us everything we could and couldn't do. And, and it just kept getting more and more out of control. We went through a, 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 an election and a new uh, set of power went into power and we saw all this 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 stuff coming down, that if we do this, 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 everything will go away, there'll be no more virus, so everybody get vaccinated, that became the next thing, and then it was get another vaccination, and another vaccination, and another vaccination, and now even our president told us that those that aren't vaccinated can just go home, it's going to be a, a Christmas of death. Now, I'm sorry. This is, as Marcia said a few moments ago, the season of hope. Amen? Amen. This is a season of hope. Give hope. We believe in hope. We believe God is a God of hope. We believe that God is the answer. And what I kept hearing in my heart is depend on me. Depend on me. Depend on me. Don't depend on the government don't depend on this, that, or the other thing. Depend on me. You see, when Jacob wrestled with the Lord, when Jacob wrestled with the Lord, his hip went out of joint. And it would be a reminder to him for the rest of his life as he walked with a limp that he had to depend on God. And in that wrestling match, he went from Jacob, translated supplanter, deceiver, to Israel, the prince of God. What happened? He went from figuring everything out on his own and manipulating all of his, his little schemes to trusting in the living God. Jacob was transformed in his limp to Israel, the prince of God. We as the people of God cannot figure everything out. We cannot do everything in our own power and manipulation. We must be dependent on God. Amen? We must depend on on God. So we're going to pray because we believe when we pray that God hears and answers prayer, we believe to be dependent on God is to say, God, we need your help. Marcia just said that we are in Christ and Christ is in us. 
I read this morning in my devotions how his wraparound presence covers me. I'm in Christ. And he is in me. I am the temple of the Holy Spirit. And so I'd like you all just to stand for a moment. And we're just going to go to God in prayer, in dependence upon him, and ask him to help us. We don't have all the answers. He is the answer. So, Father, we stand to our feet and we come together in prayer. And we, we can't do that without remembering your promises that if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves. To me, that says, will be dependent on me. will humble themselves and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Lord, as we're in Christ, we have made that decision to follow you with our hearts and to turn away from our sin nature. We're now children of God. We've been washed in the blood of the Lamb. No longer are we domineered and controlled by sin in our life, but we are saints, washed, cleansed, and purified in the blood of the Lamb. So we have turned from our wicked ways. We've turned from our sin nature, and we have received Christ, who is the resurrection and the life. And you said, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. Father, you are the only one that can heal our land. You're the only one that can heal the world of this pandemic. And so, God, we're asking in dependence today that you would do a work beyond our understanding, that you'd shut this thing down, Lord, we have our own loved ones and friends, uh, people that mean so much to us right now that are sick and in the hospital. And so, God, we ask you to work miracles in each and every one of them. God, to show your mighty power. Lord, where everyone throws their hands up in the air, we believe that God can turn any situation around. And so, Lord, as we've watched James George's over this last year, uh, God, be on the, on the brink of death for months and months. And, God, you keep him alive and you keep turning things around and you keep breathing life into him. Lord, we know you can do it. We're dependent upon you. Our faith is in you and we're not letting go. We're not going to stop praying. We're not going to stop believing. We are going to hang on because faith hangs on. Faith stays in the battle. And so we believe God and we are dependent upon him today. 
to raise up Judy, to raise up those right now that are sick or that are in quarantine. And God, that you're going to do a miracle, not just in our family and friends, but all across the world. And we pray this in the name of the champion, in the name of the lamb, in the name that is above every name, Jesus Christ, the son of the living God. Amen Amen and amen. Hallelujah. 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 You may be seated. Thank you. Wow. Well, today is the last Sunday of the year. We finished our uh, series last Sunday, The Righteous Revolution. Uh, we had such a wonderful time with the program last Sunday, uh, Jesus versus Santa. Um, those that worked so hard in that, the kids that were a part of that, it was such a wonderful time. And so many, so many commented how they enjoyed it, and we just thank God for that. And we thank God for what he did over the last several months as we really looked at the book of Isaiah and, and saw within it something that maybe had been hidden from our eyes, but we begin to see it as it was revealed, that there is a righteous revolution. And so we kind of transition out of that today, and we prepare for next week when we begin a new series called Refresh 22. Today, I'm just preaching a standalone message entitled, Hitting the Target. Hitting the Target. And I'd like you to open your Bibles to 2 Peter uh, chapter 3, verses 17 through 18. I've already had several things happen this morning that have confirmed this word, and it, it's pretty cool when you're, you're just sitting there and you're listening and you're like, oh, that confirms this, that confirms that. God is confirming his word, and I love that. 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 17 and 18. Did y'all, how many had turkey yesterday? I did, yeah, a few of you. How many had beef yeah, I, I know some had steak, yeah. Who had ham? Look at that, wow, awesome. Do, do you feel a little more Christmas cheer right here today? <laughs> we, we had went to the hairdresser um, a few weeks ago, and our hairdresser gave us a crumble cookie. How many have had a crumble cookie? Very many of you, have you had one of those? Okay, there's a new cookie company called Crumble, C-R-U-M-B-L, Crumble. And she gave me uh, and Liz, one was a chocolate chip cookie, one was a Christmas cookie, like a, a sugar cookie. And we had put them in the freezer uh, expecting to give them to our grandkids, you know. And the longer they sat in the freezer, the more I wanted to eat that thing on Christmas. So we had our Christmas dinner yesterday, and, and, um, and then about, oh, a couple hours after dinner, I said, "Hun, why don't you either get us some coffee or some tea, and let's have our crumble cookie. Okay, these are really good. 
Now, the chocolate chip, now, because my wife makes the best chocolate chip cookies in the world, they were second. <laughs> but the sugar cookie was the best, okay? And so we cut the cookie in half, and, and I had half of a Christmas cookie and half of a chocolate chip cookie, and she did too. And it was so good. Now, of course, we had quite a sugar high after eating it, right? And, and so we were busily, after that sugar high, we were busily packing because we, we were thinking that we were leaving right after service today to go spend time with our son and daughter-in-law in Bandera. And so we're, we're done packing. It's almost 9 o'clock, and our son calls, and he's like, um, Dad, Mom, would it be all right if you didn't come till Monday morning? <laughs> we're like, yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> it was like, you mean we can have a little more rest before we come? <laughs> That's what we were thinking. Sure, we can work that out, son. Sure. <laughs> and so our sugar high was just about over at that point, and it was bedtime. And as we laid down last night, all of a sudden, I begin to think about how I believe God has something special for us today. Just like those cookies were kind of special, God has something special for us. And, and this isn't last Sunday when we had the biggest crowd we'd had since before COVID. This isn't last Sunday when we had a program. This isn't last Sunday when we were finishing a series. This is today. And God has something special hidden for you in the freezer that we're about to take out. Amen? Amen? Y'all are going to get to enjoy it today. You're like, what? Are we having crumble cookies? No, 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 no. It's from the word. Okay? So God has something special for us today. This, this is something unique and special, I believe. And, and you might get done and you're like, what was it? That's because you have to have ears to hear what the Spirit's about to say. And I, I thank God. Brother Donnie decided to leave the, 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 his class in here this morning. He, he believes there's something special for him and his class, so we welcome all the crusaders in here this morning. And now let's read our text, and we'll get, get, get going here. 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 17 and 18. As for you, divinely loved ones, since you are forewarned of these things, be careful that you're not led astray by the error of the lawless and lose your firm grip on the truth. Okay, we can kind of put a period there and separate the next portion. So there's a warning, but listen to this next part. But continue to grow and increase in God's grace, and you've heard this word already this morning, and intimacy with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. May he receive all the glory, both now and until the day eternity begins. Amen. I've already stated in my opening portion of prayer here that we are living in perilous times. But none of that should cause us to fear, but rather it should cause us to be excited for the opportunity that we have right now to change the world. I believe that as 
a church and as the body of Christ as a whole, we have the greatest opportunity that we've ever had. And for me, this is the last year of my 50s. So in 59 years, there's never been a greater opportunity for the church of Jesus Christ to make an impact on America than there is right now. What Peter warns us about here is not the persecution that the world would bring upon us, but rather the drifting of believers from the truth. So as you look at and we look at the first portion of our text, he's not warning us about being afraid of people that will persecute you, but rather be warned that there are people that will drift from the truth. He says, the heir of the lawless, those who live, in other words, without restraint. In these days, we must have a firm grip on the truth. Now, very important, what I just said, he is not talking about a political system. He's not talking about the world. He's talking about people who are drifting from the truth. People who have known the truth. People who have loved God and they begin to drift away from the truth. And that is a bigger warning than people that would like to cut your head off or persecute you. What you talking about, man? I don't like that. You see, a person who persecutes us, a person who does evil to us, can only destroy this body. But if you err from the truth, it not only destroys the body, but can destroy the soul. Got quiet up in here. So let's think about, if we're to have a firm grip on the truth, let's think about the new language that we've been hearing that started toward the end of our series in the Righteous Revolution. I want you to think about this. These, these were new words that started popping up as, as we as a church moved to this new season. Prepare. Prepare. If we're to have a firm grip on the truth, we must prepare. We must grow. See, if we're to have a firm grip on the truth, then every one of us are responsible to grow, to mature, to develop. Can I get an amen? amen. Now, let's hear what the text says concerning that. It says this, grow and increase in God's grace and intimacy with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This should be our desire this should be our desire, to grow and increase in God's grace and intimacy with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Last year, uh, every Wednesday over this last year at about 10 a.m., we have a worldwide call with all of our Grace International pastors, missionaries, leaders, and we pray for roughly an hour, usually it goes about an hour and a half, and we pray for, for our churches, we pray for our missionaries, we pray for our people, we pray that COVID would be wiped out, we pray that God will move in revival. And at some point at the early part of last year, at the early part of 21, 
uh, our pastor in Sutherland, Oregon, got a word from God that he shared in, in that prayer meeting that great grace would be upon us as an organization. Great grace would be upon us. Now, as a church, we have a covering. We are the, under the covering of Grace International. Um, our headquarters are in the woodlands. Our president is Steve Riggle. Steve Riggle has been my boss for the last uh, 16 years and uh, continues to lead our fellowship. And he's the president. I serve as a superintendent over the churches that are in this area. And so I heard that word and I, I took it for us. Great grace would be upon us as a church that is within this parent covering. But also I took it as great grace would be upon the churches that I oversee. And I have seen and watched this year as great grace has been upon this place. I have seen God pour out his grace and people be saved. I've seen us as a church see God move in our hearts and stir revival within us. And so I believe we are walking in a time of great grace upon us. But let's take a little deeper look at the text. It says, grow and increase in God's grace. And then there's an and, intimacy. So great grace is upon us and intimacy. Now, like me, you probably have always heard this verse like this. And, and you'll, you'll, you'll remember this. Because this is how I learned it both in the King James and in the New King James. But grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Remember that? But grow in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. As soon as you hear that, you automatically think, I need to read more. When you hear it as grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ... You immediately have the thought, I need to study more. I need to read more. And I would never discourage any of us from doing that. But hear it in a new way this morning. But grow in the grace and intimacy of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? You see, language has changed enough to where when we hear the word knowledge, we immediately think study. We immediately think read. We immediately think, I've got to do more work. And we miss the love of a husband and a wife and the intimacy of knowing your wife, of knowing her intimately, knowledge. The word knowledge was always about intimacy, that you would know. In the Bible, it used to say, and Jacob knew his wife, and they had children. Now, we hear that, and we think they sat, and they read their Bibles all day. <laughs> Grow in the grace 
and intimacy of our Lord Jesus Christ. My wife and I have been married 40 years. That's pretty exciting. I know. Well, we're, we're both, you know, we're both celebrating our 41st birthday, but we've been married 40 years. <laughs> In the marriage relationship, there's really not a manual that teaches me to know Liz. There are lots of help books that can help me as a husband to get to know what it means to, because, you know, um, we're different. And I can, I can learn more about Liz by learning about women, but that doesn't help me know Liz. It doesn't help me grow in intimacy with Liz. And so for so long, the church has thought, if I just study more, I'll, I'll grow in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not about that. It is about knowing him. It is about intimacy. So today, I want to teach you to hit the target in very practical ways. And to see that as a church, we take seriously the prophetic words... And we ask God to lead us into practical ways of how to respond to those words and to move in the direction that he's leading us. You may have missed previous teachings that we've had on the gifts of the Spirit or even recently when we taught on the power of the prophetic words and the gift of prophecy. But we judge the words very carefully and we do not act on every word but we pray and we allow God to confirm the word. And the Bible says, in the mouth of two or three shall a thing be established. And so as we look to this new year, we believe that we're following not only the leading of God, but the prophetic word as we move into this new year. And so the first way practically that we're doing that is the emphasis as we enter the new year. The emphasis. And I've already mentioned next week we'll start Refresh 22. And we'll run that series through mid-February. And Refresh is all about reminding ourselves of what we believe. You see, it's easy to lose a grip on the truth. It's easy to lose a grip on the truth. It's easy to lose uh, vision. Vision can be drained out of you. What you believe can be drained out of you if you don't have a firm grip on the truth. And so we're going to refresh our vision. We're going to refresh our values. We're going to refresh what we believe. We're going to refresh our marriages. We're going to refresh what it means to be a steward in the house of God. You see, in practical ways, as the word of the Lord began to say, grow, mature, prepare, we started turning in that direction because we were listening. What's God saying? And when you turn in the direction of the Holy Spirit and what God's saying, then you can begin to do practical things. And so that's one of them. On Wednesday night, we will be starting a new Bible study. Fill up your soul. 
Last year, we did two studies, one on renewing your mind and one on the power of your words. And I feel like this is a follow-up to those two Bible studies that now we need to know, what do we fill us up with? What does God want to fill us up with so that we can overcome in this time and grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ? So the emphasis... But notice, those both have to do with study. And we can't just study to grow in intimacy. We need worship. We need prayer. Because that's where you develop the intimacy with God. One of the things that we've experienced this year in our prayer meetings has been this pause. Over and over, over this last year, in the middle of our prayer meeting, while we're worshiping, while we're praying, there would be this moment where we just stopped everything and we paused in his presence. Silence. As we begin to do that, I, I begin to look into what, what, is this, what is this all about? And one of the greatest prayer movements in the world right now that's happening across the world is silence. As people begin to listen to the voice of God. Imagine that. We actually close our mouth for a minute and hear what he has to say. That's good stuff right there. You know, Liz has never accused me of running off at the mouth. But I, I know that I can't just talk all the time. i got to listen to what she says. That's a relationship, isn't it? That's intimacy. And one of the practical things that we do at the first of the year to restore every bit of, of, of intimacy that we can find is to take a week for prayer in the Bible. And some of you may not have been here in January in years past, but on the 9th of January, we'll be starting our week of prayer in the Bible. And, and we actually do our prayer out at the fire outside. Now, we've always done it kind of out in front here. We have a new pad that's been built back here uh, by the youth room, and we're going to have our setup over there this year. And you can sign up to come by yourself. Twenty-four. We have it open 24 hours a day from Sunday to Saturday. And you can spend an hour or take an hour every day or several hours, and you can just sit by the fire and wait on God. Seek his presence. Get to know him intimately. Pause for a, a day. Pause for an hour and listen to his voice. You can walk around that fire. I, I find myself, when I go out to the fire, I, I find myself walking and, and then things will catch my eye and it'll, it'll be things that will awaken something that God is speaking to me as I'm praying. It's a time to listen. It's a time to grow in intimacy, in knowledge. Now, in the, in the sanctuary during that same time, we have the pulpit here. We have a Bible that sits on the pulpit. And you can sign up to read out loud for an hour at a time, as long as you want. You can take one, two, three, several hours. And we declare the word in the house. Declare the word of God, and we read it out loud. Now, th there's no audience to read to. You're reading it to God. Basically, you're, you're hearing the word. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word. We're declaring the word of God in the house. 
These are practical ways that we can grow in the grace and intimacy of our Lord Jesus Christ. Number two, practical way number two, our whole approach to developing as a body. Now this next point, this is, this is really where I, I saw hitting the target. That as a church, we want to develop everyone that comes in this house for the glory of God. Yet we're all at different levels. Every one of us come in, some right off the street seeking God. Some of us maybe have moved into the area. Maybe some of us are looking for a church home and we, we've been in church for years, but it's time to, to find something new. Whatever the case is, whatever brings you here, you're at a different level. And everybody's target might seem a little bit different, but we want to be able to hit the target. And so we have to, first of all, remember that the whole reason Church on the Lake exists is to what? To, to bring people to Christ. To bring people to Jesus. So that they too can know what we know. They can know the light and the love of Jesus Christ. They can become a son or a daughter of the Father. In 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 15, it says this. And keep in mind that our Lord's extraordinary patience simply means more opportunity for salvation. Just as our dear brother Paul wrote to you with the wisdom that God gave him. So the very reason why things are going on as they are is God's patience that everyone would know him. It says it this way in the King James, he's not willing that any perish, but that all come to repentance. So we must consider the fact that he's giving us time to win the lost. He's giving us time to bring people to Christ. And it all starts with reaching more for his kingdom. We live in a community that is full of seeking people. People are seeking the truth. They're seeking. They really are. We're finding that people are watching us on Facebook. They're looking at our website. They're checking out the Facebook page. We're getting visitors every week. It's not by accident. God is drawing them in. And we must provide them as many opportunities as possible to know Christ. Amen? And that's why at the end of the service we have an altar call so that we can give people an opportunity to make a, a, a decision for Christ. They can say yes to God. It's not a magic formula. It's not some magic way. It's just simply an opportunity for us to focus people in the direction that God's leading them. Maybe you've come today and you're seeking God. We want to give you an opportunity to know, what do I do next? So John and Shirley take a few moments to pray with people and, and they lead them to Christ. They pray with them. They bring them in and show them what are the next steps. But this is where it gets exciting because once you've done that, then we want to say, come along. Come run with us. Come walk with us. Come fellowship with us. We want you to develop in the things of God. And so Tom and Tom Brower is going to begin to start what we're calling a new beginner's class. 
And it will be for people who, who give their hearts to Christ, who, who come to the altar and, and they find, a, and it's like an entry ramp. And we all know that when we're taking an exit off of something, we need an entry ramp to get to the next place we're going. And that's what the altar provides. It provides an entry ramp and then people can begin to learn and know what it means to be a believer in Christ. And that will be a 10-week class. So we want to encourage people that as they're getting saved to grow, to mature, to develop. And at the end of that 10-week class, then we're going to move into our discipleship program. And that's really been the heartbeat of Church on the Lake. That, that was the turning point for this church a few years ago. And then COVID came. And literally, we tried everything we could to, to get discipleship up and running again. And it, it just felt like we were hitting a brick wall. But in a practical way, we are to become disciples. And not just disciples, but disciples worth multiplying. Disciples that are worth following. Disciples that are multiplying to others. See, church has never been about the pastor going out and reaching the community for Christ. It's always been about the body going out and being salt and light in the community as disciples and multiplying ourselves everywhere we go. And as we've been had this kind of on hold, what's happened is we, we took a lot of people through the discipleship program, but it's just been kind of held right there. And we've had this desire to take those that have went through discipleship and lead them into that next level of leadership. And I'm excited because that's where we're going this year is a school of leadership development. We talked about it over the last year, but we, we now have a plan to launch that by the middle of spring. So we'll have a new believers class, we'll have discipleship, and then we'll have this leadership development class, this it's the school, school of leadership development. And I want you to think with me for a moment because many of you are here and you're already in leadership. Maybe you own a business or you're serving leadership at the church. But almost everything in life rises and falls on leadership. What type of leadership that we provide those that we serve? So think about your own life. How, how could you be benefited if you were to become a better leader. If you and your job became a better leader, if you as a business owner became a better leader, if you as a ministry leader became a better leader, what kind of a difference could you make in this community? What could happen if we began to train people in our community in leadership development? What could take place in this lake area? Because whether we want to believe it or not, this area is going to blow up with population. Who do we want on the front end of that? We want godly leaders who know how to take us to the next level. Amen? And so we have 
scores of next level leaders that God has given us and, and we watch as God continues to develop them and we want to help them to, to become the leader that God wants them to be. And so that, that will be happening this year. And then off of that, because not everybody obviously is a leader that's going to be in ministry, could be a leader in business, leader in politics, leader in the community. But some of you will feel the call of God for ministry. And so out of that will come the opportunity for pastoral development, ministry development. Those of you that feel the call of God in your life, uh, we can then uh, lead you through the training to be a pastor, to, to be a missionary, to be an evangelist for the glory of God. So that is a whole focus this next year on development so that people in our body, no matter where they're at in their journey, can begin to grow in the places that God has them to grow. And I want you to think about that. How could that affect you? How could God develop you? And how exciting that could be. Third and final this morning. I have no idea how many of you have adopted uh, biblical meditation over this last year. Um, that has been something that has been a I don't know how else to put it. It's, it's, it's like God put it right in front of us and it, it's, it won't let us go. <laughs> Liz and I both um, have taught it and we've taught it consistently throughout this entire year. We've taught it in every series that we've taught it, taught, <laughs> taught it every series we taught this year. In every Bible study, we taught biblical meditation. In Real Women, Liz taught biblical meditation. I taught it at men's breakfast. We taught it to Grace Woodlands this year. Uh, we had a guest speaking engagement at Grace Woodlands. We taught biblical meditation at Grace Woodlands. We taught it to Grace Houston. We, we taught several times down at Grace Houston, and we taught biblical meditation. I taught it at Grace San Antonio this last year. I taught it at Legacy Church in Austin. I taught it at Legacy Church in Alvin. We taught it to all the grace ministers in Texas, Louisiana, Arkansas, and Oklahoma. We taught it to the Father's House in Sutherland, Oregon this year. <laughs> we can't let it go. It's changed our lives. And every morning, it's something fresh and new that has helped me to grow in the intimacy of the Lord. So while we've grown in grace and grace, great grace has been upon us, it has been as we have meditated in his word that intimacy has, has been there in such a sweet and powerful way. This morning it was Psalm 64. Yesterday, Psalm 63. Sometimes it's 10 verses. Sometimes it's a whole chapter. Sometimes it's even multiple chapters. Should you read your Bible every day? Absolutely. Should you pray every day? Should you study the Word of God? Absolutely. But let me encourage you to add in biblical meditation. There's two men in the Bible that God said to them, if you will meditate therein day and night, 
you will make your way prosperous and you'll have great success. I think we would all agree that Joshua and David had that. Joshua led the children of Israel into the promised land. A great leader. David, the greatest king that Israel ever had. Did he have his faults? Yes. But when he wrote Psalm 1, And you shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season. Your leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever you do shall prosper. I know that we all want to live under the favor of God. We have experienced that this year in so many ways in our own personal life where the favor of God has been upon us and you can't explain it because the enemy would, would try to get our eyes on everything else. Quit listening to him. Resist him and he'll flee from you. Seek the Lord. Seek the Lord. Meditate on his word. Meditate on who he is and you'll begin to see how good God is. Now, I, I will never be able to make you do biblical meditation. All you can do is say, yes, God, I will. Now, this last week, Liz and I went to get our new journals for this year. And I remember buying mine last year, and I was so excited. I took, it took me four journals this year to write down all that I heard from God this year. So I, I got a new one, but I don't know how long it's going to last, and I don't know how many pins that we've went through. We've never went through so many pins in our life. They don't last very long when you actually use them. But those notes that we write to show us who is God in the text, what has God done in the text, who am I in the text, and what must I do have been so invaluable to me to see and to feel the intimacy of the Lord this year. Every day, he reveals himself to me in a new way. Think about that. When you biblically meditate and you take a small portion of scripture, the other day, it was a psalm and it was probably in the 50s, and I begin to write all the things that God was in that text. And I think I did 17 verses that day. And God revealed himself to me in 17 different ways. Now, if I would have just read it, I would have been lifted up. I would have been encouraged. But I wouldn't have remembered who God was. And it's not just who God is, but it's what he's done. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by what God has done. He's, he's, he's taken down the walls. He's defeated the giants. He's healed the sick. And as I hear that, my faith begins to rise inside of me that he can take down the giants in my life. Amen. Growing in the intimacy of the Lord, knowing who he is and what he's done. But here's the next part that's so vital that we miss. 
Who are you in the text? And, and I've just heard it all year over and over that I'm blessed. I've heard it over and over again that I'm loved. I've heard it over and over again that I'm more than a conqueror. I've heard it over and over again that I'm an overcomer. I've heard it over and over again that I'm redeemed, that I'm saved, that I'm washed, that I'm cleansed. Every day he reminds me that I am as he has done the work. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And here's the kicker of it all. Because this is where we miss it. What must I do? We don't just become hearers of the word, but we are doers of the word. Just like God is and he does. This is what God is and this is what he's done. This is who I am and this is what I am to do. And sometimes it is, I need to lift my hands and praise the Lord. This morning it was, Sing and shout to the Lord your God. That's easy for me. Hallelujah! <laughs> Sometimes it's pause in his presence. You know that Selah in Psalms? Sometimes it's just pausing for a moment. But we still must be doers of the word. If it says to wait on the Lord, then that's my due. I wait. Think of that. If we would see who God is, if we would see what God has done, if we would see who we are and what we are to do, then every day we would make ourselves like a tree that's planted by the rivers of water. We would be like Joshua who found that he had made his way successful and all his ways prospered. So bow your heads with me this morning. Hallelujah. Lord, we want to hit the target. We don't want to go through life just wandering around. We want to hit the target. As the leader of this church, I want to lead people in the direction of the target. I don't want us to wander around in the desert for 40 years. I want to lead us to those green pastures. I want to lead us, Father, to the food and the manna that you have for us today. I want to bring us to those cool brooks of water. I want to be able to lead people to the presence of Jesus. I want to help people to grow. I want to help people mature. I want to help people be the disciples that you've called us to be. To be multiplying disciples. So, Lord, I'm dependent upon you. That's the word you've given me today, and I rest in it. I am dependent on you, God. I'm dependent on you, Lord, for every husband and wife, every 
church member, every family member, every child in this church, God, that they would rise to their place, God, that they would grow, that they would mature, they would develop, they would grow in grace and intimacy with the Lord Jesus Christ. May our teenagers, Lord, know the intimate presence of Jesus. May our children, God, know what it means to live in the presence of God, to feel his touch, to feel the powers of revival burning deep inside of them. Lord, may we, as your sons and daughters, may we know you, God. May we know you as a husband knows his wife in deep intimacy. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I just talked about this a moment ago, but I want to give anyone here the opportunity to begin this relationship with Christ. What we're about to do, the, the prayer that we pray, that isn't what saves you. It's faith in Jesus Christ. We use this prayer as a tool to get you to open the door of your heart. Because when you open the door of your heart, Christ can come in. Because he said, I stand at the door and knock. And right now, I believe he's knocking on hearts. And then he says, if anyone will open the door, I will come in and I'll sup with him and he with me. I'll, I'll come in and have fellowship with you. I'll come in. I'll, I'll share that intimate moment with you. And as many of us as receive him, to them, to us, he gives us the power to become the sons and the daughters of God. So right now, I want to give you that opportunity to open that door to Christ in your life. And if you'd like to do that, here's all I ask right now is you just open your eyes and raise your hand and say, Pastor Mike, I, I want that today. I want to receive Christ as my Savior. Praise God. Anyone at all, just... Lift your hand. Thank you for listening today. May you as a son or daughter of the Father know the true love of Jesus Christ and understand your true identity as a royal member of his family. If you live in Polk, San Jacinto, or Trinity County in Texas, consider joining us live at 8125 U.S. Highway 190 West in Livingston. We have services Sunday at 10 a.m., Wednesday at 6.30 p.m., like us on Facebook, and if you would like to partner with us, check us out online at cotl.live.